Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. gentlemen and welcome to episode 164 of getting it out podcast that was steel nation within my way from their big sleep record which comes out eventually jesus we've been waiting for this one for a while right i've been fortunate enough to hear the whole thing and it's well worth the wait but boys come on i had steve their bassist and vocalist on the on the podcast um 
many years ago to hype this thing up and more recently i had the rest of the band every single member of steel nation has made an appearance on getting it out podcast to promote this record over the last four years that's true there is there is no exaggeration no hyperbole in that that is what has happened knives out records seems to be finally getting this thing out um as i said worth the wait hope you all get to hear it soon i think i saw some uh, shit online that the the cds are on the way uh which is very cool um but yeah that was in my way by steel nation you can find that track on spotify streaming services everywhere go look for it okay so what's happening on this episode of getting it out podcast well i got mike ledette from bushido code i think you know that because you clicked on this to play it but i'm going to tell you anyway all right, that's what's happening this time around, and you're going to love it. This was one of the more fun conversations I've had in a while, and uh, I'm happy to share it with you. So before I ruin it with a bunch of bad jokes, let's play the Getting It Out intro music and do the damn thing. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? Okay, so welcome back to another episode of Getting It Out Podcast. Yeah, aren't you excited? I'm excited. Um, I got to compete with the sports world. A lot of stuff going on in the sports world lately. Uh, Biggest and most important news to me was uh, Joel Embiid did not tear or do any structural damage to anything in his knee. He'll just be out two weeks, a hyperextension. It's okay. Big big sigh of relief in this house, and by this house, I mean me, Uh, but that's okay. Um, What else happened? Marvin Hagler died. One half of the Hagler-Hearns uh, fantastic, legendary fight. Uh, but really, just a guy with a great career. One who kind of went out on top. You know, it's hard for hard to say that about any boxer. But he did a pretty good job of uh, walking away uh, with with his reputation intact. Uh, so that, that sucks. Uh, the other thing was uh, Drew Brees just announced his retirement. Drew Brees is great. All right, who doesn't like Drew Brees? He let his uh, four kids, Caden, Braden, Jaden, and uh, McFadden, or whatever their names were, announced it at once. So they all look the same age. I don't get this. Are they quintuplets? And isn't that guy a little old to have kids that that young? I don't know. I mean, he's a millionaire. He can do whatever the hell he wants. And who am I to be critical? But uh, I don't know. It's just a, just an observation. What's it going to be like in 60-some years when uh, 70-year-old Jaden or Braden gets nominated president? That's just, just like, I, I get that these names are going to be normal by then, but... Uh, you know, President Caden Williams. I don't like it, man. I'm not having it. I I don't give a shit about the you know Joe Biden, but at least his name's Joe. Who gives a shit about names? What, what, look at me. Listen to me. I'm like Boomer Light over here. What am I doing? I don't know. Um, I bought a step stool the other day. 
That was a little more emasculating than I thought it would be. I felt like I had to justify it, but I didn't. I kept to myself. Me and my little girl walked through that Home Depot, step stool in hand, and uh, proudly through the self-checkout, of course. The self-checkout where people try to help you at. I don't get that. I'm here because I wanted to be by myself, and you come over and ask me if I need any help. Leave me alone. Let me check out by myself. That's exactly what the, the point of this thing is, right? And, you know, they, they keep telling us they're cleaning the screens, and they put the protection over the credit card screens so you can tap it but not get germs on the credit card screen. What the, who's, who's that doing any good for? The credit card screen? That thing's not going to get sick. But we're all touching the same side of it. What's the point? I don't know. And this isn't just like COVID-related that people hang out at the self-checkout area. There's always a person hanging out there. A little shepherd. Uh, like they, they got their flock and you got to make sure that, that you're doing it right. And then the light blinks that you need their help. They don't show up anyway. And then they do show up. They don't even ask. They just come over and click the buttons and make it go away. And it's like, you don't know. I could be committing high crime right here. I could have not paid for that sack of bananas. Sack of bananas? I never bought a sack of bananas. What if I uh, started bringing my own bags to the grocery store and I bought brought burlap sacks? I don't know. It's just a, just a thought. Could be an interesting move. I'm not going to do it. That would involve uh, going to the grocery store and I avoid that like the plague. I avoid that like... Are we going to say that differently? Are we going to... Is avoid it like the plague going to go away? Are we going to say I avoid that like the coronavirus? No way. It doesn't have the same ring to it. I don't know. These are just thoughts, everybody. And I'm, I'm glad you're here with me on episode 164 of Getting It Out Podcast. I've got an interview with Mike Ledette uh, earlier, later. It's after this, after this part where I talk. Um, I said earlier I was going to make bad jokes, but they're really good jokes disguised as bad, which is a, it's, it's a really sophisticated trick I do to you guys. Um, I, think you're, I think you're here for it. Why do people do that now? Why do people type, I'm here for it, on the internet? Where are you for it? And why do they put the claps in the periods between their words? Can we stop doing that? I've had enough of it. I've had enough of it. I don't. I, I can't even put the clap in the middle. I put the clap during. I'm, uh, which makes sense. I have no rhythm. I don't know. I always knew that. Tried to play the drums once. Literally once. It didn't go well. I've never tried again. I never will. I sat beside a drum set every day of work for over a month. Beside, it sat beside my desk. Never once did I pick up that stick and uh, give it a bang. Not once. Not a tap. Not a not a push of the pedal. Nothing. I know my limitations. I don't fuck with drums. All right. People who can play drums are geniuses. The type of geniuses that don't have uh, practical skills, but you know they're they're geniuses. You got to be really smart to play the drums. Is it echoey this time on the podcast? It might be because. I'm uh, down in my basement again for the first time in a long time. The basement renovation is finished, in case you were wondering. But there's not a lot of furniture in here. So I feel like the sound might be pinging around a bit. And that's okay if it is. You'll get used to it. And in 27 weeks, when the couch shows up, uh, it'll absorb some of the sound. 27 weeks. That's the lead time for furniture these days. You know how I know this? We've bought a lot of furniture lately. You know where we haven't bought a lot of furniture lately? Ikea. Do you know why? Because nothing's in stock. Now, all the traditional indicators, like the area where it says whether or not something's in stock, might say it's in stock. And the employees who work there might say it's in stock. But when you actually attempt to buy it, it's not in stock and you can't have it. So if you want a three-door white wardrobe, just be there. Wait for them every day. See if they have it in stock. Check the trucks as they come in. They might have it briefly, but they might not. Anyway, 
Let's move on with this podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about. I usually don't. But Mike Ledette sure knows what he's talking about. And I had a great conversation with him, as I mentioned earlier. I want you to hear that all. But first, I want you to listen to one of the new songs from Bushido Code. This one is called Harvest, and it's off of their new album, The Ronin. Check it out, and then listen to our conversation. here for this thing we just usually roll right into it so if you're ready to go i'm ready to go let's All right. go dog <laughs> i'm ready to go so uh where, where am i talking to you from this evening well i'm i'm in north carolina so that's the weird dynamic of bushido code uh, i live in north carolina and uh derek and uh kyle live in erie and sean and rocco live in wilkesbury pa so like it's it's crazy. That's a bit all over the place. I'm, I'm in Lancaster, it's, Pennsylvania, so I'm I'm closer to those guys. Um, oh, okay. Random yeah, yeah, facts yeah. that I make up about Erie, Pennsylvania, is that Erie, Pennsylvania, actually has freshwater whales in Lake Erie. That's a lie I've been telling for a lot of years. So I just wanted to put that out here again. Ah, uh, 
yeah, I was like, I was about to say, I don't know if that's a thing, man. But no, like, it's not. Ooh. But if but if you just Whatever. if you tell people it, then you know you just say it confidently. It's like at least fifty percent of them will. Right. Be, All right. So, so like, just speaking of, of, of talking confidently, the, the other morning I had a guy hanging drywall in my house, and he comes in and he tells me that uh, that if you stab a man two inches below his navel, he'll die immediately. Um, because that's where his life force lives, which actually, <laughs> and then he goes, and then he goes, that's like two inches above his sex force. He thought it was really funny, but then he goes, then he goes, uh, then he goes, what did he say? He goes, Oh, and, uh, 90% of the people that are reincarnated, um, come back. They're the same nationality. And I was like, all right, how the fuck, what do we, like, how, how do I prove that wrong? You know, like, <laughs> What kind of people do you have hanging around? Whoever, man. Whoever will come in. I just, (laughs) whoever will do it. Work cheap, you know? But he, but he, but he mentioned the, you know, the, the stabbing them, stabbing people two inches below their navel in their life force. And he specifically, and he specifically brought up the, the samurai, which, all right, there, there we go. There's our tie in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you are in this band Bushido Co. You've been in a lot of bands. I know that, but but the bands, oh, yeah, yeah. the band we're well, talking been, about is Bushido Co. Yeah, 15. fifteen. That's a long time. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless you're yeah, sixteen. Yeah, I started playing when I was fifteen. I'm okay, forty-four yeah. now. So that's a long time. That's. A... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. So all right. So before I get us way way off track, like you mentioned, you yourself okay. you're in North Carolina. Uh, you grew up res- wrestling alligators, right. as I'm told, and then you moved to North Carolina at some point, and uh, and yeah. now you're somehow in a band with a lot of guys in Pennsylvania. So yeah, I, yeah. How much. did this happen? I mean, uh, okay, so it really kind of goes back to the beautiful world of hardcore. Really, to be honest with you, um, I grew like I, like you said, I grew up in South Louisiana, and then. Uh, I got, you know, in a significant amount of trouble as a teen, a young teenager. So uh, I was forced to come live with my dad in North Carolina. And I had a son really young, but I moved here and got into a death metal band like like forever ago. And that was my first band experience. And, uh, you know, there's a, you know, throughout that time we started, I, I got into a, later on in life, I got into a hardcore band. And, you know, don't, if you're playing hardcore, you're touring up north. It's just the way it is. But the bands from up north wanted to come south. So I really started with a relationship with Death Before Dishonor. They were coming down here uh, to play, and they had no show. And we, we, we just give them a, gave them a show with us in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and we, and we gave them like half of our money. And they didn't ask for any of it. And then from there, it was just, it was just a ride after that, just going up there, playing up north, getting in with you know, strength for a reason and, and coming correct back in the day. And, and, uh, you know, when Rick was cool. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, was he really ever, I don't know. I can tell you that when, when I was in high school Um, and I would go to, I went one time I went to the borders near my house. I was in living in York, Pennsylvania. And, uh, I saw Rick on the other, on the other side of the aisle, uh, looking through CDs and I ducked below. I was like, I was like 16 and I ducked below, the CD rack and snuck away because I didn't want to have to talk to him. So I'm I'm the OG of not thinking Rick is cool. I, I just got to say that I've been I've been doing that for 20 years. All right, I know everybody else got snaked, but 20 years ago I was still hiding from him. 
And you know what? I, I, I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't want to go way off on Rick's stories, but I got to tell you this other one. One time, I'm in, I'm in Baltimore, right? I lived in Baltimore for a long time. Not a long time, about a, almost a decade. Right. And I'm in, I'm in Soundgarden, this the CD shop or record store. I walk in, and there he is. This is this is Rick, shaved head, face tattoo, Rick. And uh, he's he's oh, at the God. counter, and he's got like he's got like a shitload of uh, of dollar CDs. And I know he's got dollar CDs because that's what I was fucking there for. I love their dollar CD bin. Anyway, he's checking out, and I hear him like cash him out like forty five dollars in dollar CDs. So he's walking out the door with this with his big thing of dollar CDs and he stops and he uses the dollar CDs he just bought to prop the door open while he goes back in and steals a whole box of promo CDs like singles from somebody <laughs> he just stole a box of singles <laughs> and then just rolled out <laughs> and, and yeah what a grimy piece yeah. of shit <laughs> yeah so that's, that's... <laughs> swear to god nothing surprises me out of that guy dude I just uh, throughout the years I don't even go down that rabbit hole. It's just that dude is something else, man. Just something else. But, you know, speaking of Baltimore, though, I got to give props to my boys, JR and Tad for, uh, from Stout and JR from Next Step Up for completely showing me how grimy Baltimore can really be. Oh, those Love guys those are guys. fantastic man, guys there. Love those two. But, but, but yeah, those before guys we go way man. off on other people, let's keep talking about you. So you meet you meet everybody okay, from sure. from Northeast Pacific, or you know, like you said, Devin Fortis Honor. Then you start talking. I assume yeah. I'm going to assume Pennsylvania version of coming correct. Um, not yeah, yeah. When like when when Richie was in it, like yeah. way back in the day and stuff like that. And then like um, like you know, definitely strength for a reason. I mean, we it was pretty much the same thing with strength for a reason as it was the Death before Dishonor. We all kind of linked up at the same time. And um, those guys took us under their, 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 you know, coattails for a long time. And uh, every band I was in, you know, throughout that whole period, uh, you know, the Nurse Flame, the Choose Your Weapon, the whole thing. And uh, we, uh, we got so much love from, you know, those guys. And then it introduced us to all the other bands, you know, uh, from the PA area. And, and uh, you know, it was just, I met Roger and, you know, from Agnostic Front. And, the, you know, that guy's since the first day I ever met him, he remembered my name right, to this right. day. You know what I mean? So it was just like the guys that I, I, I thought were, you know, cause I came kind of, I was in that Christian metal thing for a little while and coming from that and seeing how a lot of those bands were really just fake to going to hardcore and finding that these guys were legit real guys that cared about you, cared about the scene, cared about music. And it was like a night and day difference. And it just, I was completely sucked into it at that point. I was just completely emerged in it. Yeah. Well, how, how did, from how there, did you so. get started with the, with the Christian side of it? Well, it was like kind of crazy, really. Um, I started playing, uh, like in this, I was in a death metal band, like when I was really young and like straight up satanic, you know, the whole imagery yeah. thing. And it was like, just all like gag. But um, later on in life, I got, you know, uh, a lot of crazy things happened in my life and became pretty, really spiritual, you know. Um, and then I got kind of looped into, I was in this band called Spot About Position, and we did the whole, you know, praise and worship thing and, like, went to Nashville and got nominated for a GMA and that whole, that whole craziness. Um, but we were playing with a lot of the bands, like, from that era, like, you know, Spitfire and um, Zayo and... Uh, you know, Stretch Armstrong, all the bands that were that solid state style bands. 
And, you know, some of them were really cool, but some yeah, of them yeah. weren't. Like, I ain't going to, you know, blast anybody out. But some of them were just like, what? Right. You know? And at the same time, we were still kind of a, like a little bit of a hardcore, hardcore like metalcore style band at that time. And we were getting shows with like the strength, you know, not really strength for reason at that point, but we were playing with hardcore bands. Like we had played with 25 to life and, and some other bands um, coming up through there. And we got to play with no innocent victims at uh, furnace fest. And that like, those guys were great. And like, that was terror's first time seeing terror and they were just coming out and it just, I was just completely sold in by that point, you know? And then it was just complete night and day difference. Then, you know, I realized that this whole this whole like praise and worship thing just wasn't really for me. Not that I have lost my faith or anything. It just really wasn't for me. Um, so I just started trying to like just be, you know, do the whole posy thing, like just the whole, you know, positive message uh, thing. And, you know, I still am very pretty spiritual guy, but, you know, I'm writing a little with Bushido. It's very fantasy right. driven. But we still talk about real life issues, you know, like the things that are wrong with the world kind of. But in this storyline that we've kind of created right right so so it's pretty so like the, the, it's i mean just judging by the things you're saying there I, i'm i'm getting you you were just talking like er, very early 2000s 2001 2002 some somewhere around there for yeah, furnace that, fest yeah when that whole thing was popping yeah. off so yeah. what, what <laughs> we played that furnace fest that andrew wk set at furnace fest was un unbelievable <laughs> it was just like nothing i've ever seen you know i had we had an andrew wk right. set here with shy hello it was a weird tour i don't know why they were playing together but they were and that was that they're that was band, man. They're just that would have been like band. 2002 here i think and it was it's all well it goes down yeah, as one yeah. of my favorite shows i've ever been to yeah like i when we when we you know, we were there for the whole three days, and we played, like, on the second stage, right, right before Sworn Enemy. This is before Sworn Enemy was. Right, that's know, like when As Real As It Gets before it happened, right? Yeah, before it happened, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, that band I was in at that time, you know, Jamie w- had just started Stillborn and was, like, interested in, in doing Spot of Opposition's record. And there was this whole thing about it. But uh, going to that Furnace Fest, that was the last one there was. And, uh, man, it was just, you know, the bands that played that thing were like sick of it all was, you know, in their, the best set I've ever seen by sick of it all. And I've seen them hundreds of times. And then it was like that Andrew WK set was like nothing I'd ever seen. Cause you weren't expecting it. And then the entire crowd is on the yeah. stage when they're playing. It was, it was, uh, it was nuts. It was like, nothing that's I'd so, that's the weird thing. I, I'm not listening that to that guy, thing. you know, on my own. I'm not putting that CD on, but for some reason that, sh- that show was right. wild. It was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You watch him live and he just does something to the crowd. Like I learned a lot about being a front man from that guy. Cause it was like, you know, being a front man in the band, you know, especially as long as I've done it, you pick up little things, you know, like, you know, Roger's got his certain things and, and, you know, and, you know, there's all these great singers out there that have their, their certain, you know, John Joseph especially has his own little thing. But, you know, you watch a guy like Andrew W. King, you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the guy is really just uh, bigger than life. You know, he just – and it doesn't matter if you like his music or not. You like him. You're like, right. You want to cool. wanna like you know it. Yeah, I mean? he, he turns you. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to <laughs> like it. Yeah, yeah. So Okay. So so you, so you do that down there. And, I mean, I can go – I well, have weird – like, why does it – why was the and I, I know this is not what we're supposed to be talking about, but why was the Christian thing so prevalent in the South? Why does that is that just because religion's just bigger 
there, or it seems that way? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the whole Bible Belt thing. And it was like when we were in it, we were um, we were involved with like that uh, Jim Baker's son. And like uh, he wrote this book called The Son of a Pastor. And it was like this, you know, he was like this tattooed guy who liked metal music, but was still, you know, a Christian dude. And then um, he would have all these shows in Georgia and we would go down there and play. And they were, I mean, crazy shows. I mean, there was like, 300 400 kids at these shows it was like nothing i've ever seen so they just they love that music man but it was like a thing in the south that's for sure well it also happened up here because this this area that i live in like that i live in now lancaster pennsylvania is well known for its christian metalcore as you know august burns red and texas in july whatever there's a whole bunch of of those types of bands from here so it's not you know it's not just isolated down there but i'm familiar with that whole scene just being from this area right Well, in North Carolina also had the the big metalcore bands too, like Prayer for Cleansing and Undying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those bands were, and you know, yeah, so big here. That whole metalcore scene was just big in North Carolina. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. As well, well known too. So that's how I kind. But then, so so then, sorry, I, I, I think I tripped over my own words. But then, so so that's that's way sure. that's about fifteen years, or not even. I don't know how many years. Twenty years ago, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so you did a shitload of bands since then, and then in 2017, yeah. Bushido Code comes along, and you mentioned that you know that there's all these guys right. from basically Pennsylvania, and you talked about how you kind of met them. Right. But how did it come to the fact that you were forming Bushido Code? How did it come that you wanted to make a band out of it? Well, it's a pretty cool story, really, because like Derek Ricci is like uh, like one of my closest friends, and. Uh, he was like, uh, he calls me up one time because he was at the time was doing Fury of Five, yeah. and you know uh, he wa- he's always been like a thrash metal guy. A lot of people see him and they don't believe that, but you know if you listen to the old In the Eyes of, it's clear that he was like a metal guy. But he's super into thrash metal, and he calls me up and he's like, "Look, man, I I want to do one more band. This is the last band I'm ever going to do." And I'm like, the last thing you're ever going to do? He's like, yeah, man, this is it. I, I got this idea, and I want to do this band. I was like, well, I don't care what it is. Just <laughs> sign me up. So at the time, I didn't know what we were doing. You know, I was like, okay, whatever you're doing, I want to do it. You know, if it's the last thing you're ever going to be in, I want to be there. And then um, he sent me the music, and I got to be honest with you, when I first heard it, I was like, really? <laughs> like, we're going to do this? You know, like, I was like, we're going to go back to us being yeah. 15 again? Is that what we're doing? Uh, and, uh, but... After, you know, taking some time with it and then finding the right members, you know, getting Rocco and Sean from um, Wilkes-Barre, they had been in bands like The Mentor and stuff, and then uh, getting Kyle that, you know, was in X Represent X and Subdue and stuff. So once it all got together, it was kind of like one of those moments that was like, um, you know, it's like, it's a weird feeling. Like when you're in a room and things are just right, you're like, wow, this is, uh, this feels right. You know, it's like, it's effortless. You know what I mean? It was one of those situations. Because, you know, to be honest with you, I, I thought it was just going to be we would record a, a record or an EP or something, and, and that would be the gist of it. But it seemed, it just when you got in that room, you realized that, whoa, this is something. You know what I mean? There's something here that's just, you know, it feels like a train moving in the right direction. Usually you're in a band, you got five guys pulling in five different ways, and this band, it felt like everybody was pushing the same way. Right, and it, has it been so, all the same five guys the whole time? Okay. Yeah. Well, at first we had another guitarist in there at, at the very first, but before we wrote anything really substantial, 
he had already left. So yeah, Kyle's been pretty much the uh, second guitarist of the band from from pretty much the the one we. Um. So so what I was gonna say the. Y- when like being a guy from Pennsylvania and basically basically having an idea of who you all are, um, when I when I first okay. saw the lineup and the name Bushido Code, the record label it's on, I thought I know what this is going to sound like, and then it didn't. And it, it sounded. What did you think? It was I just thought it was like? going to be you know heavy hardcore, basically, you know, and I thought that's where it was going to end. Yeah. But but there's a lot more to this, and right. like you said, it's 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 got more. I don't know thrash metal, more crossover. Uh, it's I, I would say more of a metal band than a hardcore band. Not that there's not hardcore in it. Oh, it, it's one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent metal band. Like, uh, I, I you know our personas, like the bands that we have been in the past. You know, like me and it's funny because me and Sal from Sworn Enemy talked about this. It's like no matter what you do, it's like you're lumped into this this crowd. Like you know, and I'm not I'm not ashamed of it at all, but. If you're trying to do something maybe outside of the spectrum of what you have done for years, it's hard to get out of that, yeah, that box. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, because Sworn Enemy hasn't been a hardcore band in, in a long time. You know what I mean? They're they're definitely a metal band. You know? But, like, it's the same thing with Earth Crisis. Earth Crisis was a metal band, but they got labeled as Right. Metal. I mean, there's several you know of them. I mean? All Out War, um, Ringworm, you know? Yeah. Yeah, All Out Wars. The ringworm, yeah, those all those bands, but um, yeah, you know, we we wanted to do something like we wanted to bring back in metal what we liked as kids. Ultimately, what I always thought was cool about being in a metal band and listening to metal records, you know, like Maiden and you know uh, Megadeth and those those albums that had all these cool stories attached to them and all this cool imagery. So when he came with the idea of Bushido Code after you know, talking about names, I was like, yo, there's so much cool stuff we could do with that and bring that back and maybe give another generation of musicians and, and metal kids something cool to like, like we had when yeah. we were younger, you know what I mean? Just kind of passing it forward, you know? So with those, with the, you did two EPs uh, previous to, to this upcoming mm-hmm. record. Um, there, what, what, what are those right. EPs called? The Dying Virtues Volume okay. One and yeah, Volume that's what Two. I knew. I knew it was the same name. I just forgot the forgot the name of it. Are those right? Are those right. concepts? Yeah, the idea was is that we were um, going to do a full length at first, and um, I was like, you know, what we should do is we should break these up into two EPs, and um, it would give us, you know, uh, more of a chance to to like. Uh, sell the story a little bit more pretty much what those albums are about is that the samurai believe in they have these virtues that they follow and um what i wanted to do is i wanted to write a song about each virtue but apply it to our like a normal society apply it to our time now and um and it was a lot of fun man we had a blast writing that i didn't think i would and i kind of was like a little bit nervous thinking that it would be hard to tell the story and kind of have fun with it, but kind of stay on point. I, I, I was scared of putting myself in a yeah. box, but it actually was so much fun. And when we were done with it, we wrote a song called Bushido on, on the record too. And it talks about this character that we created kind of like, you know, Eddie and Iron Maiden. I always loved that stuff. So I created this Daisy character and, and uh, I was like, you know, going to tell the story from his perspective, you know, this masterless like, demon style samurai who can never die and the only thing he has is the code to live off of and uh 
And if you have that kind of code and, and you're that vicious, man, it, I feel sorry for the right. world. You know what I mean? Because you, you look in the mirror, man, it's pretty scary if you're looking at yourself. You know what I mean? So that was kind of the idea behind it. And it's been a lot of fun. I don't know if people pick up on it, but that was that's my idea behind it. I hope people read the lyrics and figure I it out. I can admit to you that I didn't pick up on it, but I picked up on it on the, on this one. <laughs> so, but but I, yeah, this one that's that was the idea. This one was going to be a little bit more. Yeah, important. yeah, this one. Yeah, there's no escaping it this time around. Um, but the, 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 with yeah, with yeah, those first two EPs and not even uh, your favorite song, do you have a favorite virtue from from those two EPs? Uh, yeah, I would I would say loyalty. Loyalty is always was my favorite on there, and that song is actually really one of my favorites because uh, when I was writing the song, my son was actually still in Afghanistan, um, and it's it's a it's a song about you know a, a battle pretty much and about how you know all uh, in that battle all his friends you know this character's friends die, and uh, all he wants to do is you know be there with them. And he survives, and you know it's not about uh, it's not about dying; it's about the loyalty he has to them. Yeah, you know. So I wanted to tell that story, and you know, uh, it was personal for me. But uh, loyalty has always been a big thing for me. You know what I mean? Anyways, and real sure, life. sure, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And that's that's on uh, that's that's on this this record, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We re-recorded it. Um, the reason we did we did two songs off the old records. Because uh, we were just never satisfied with the recordings. Okay. Uh, the recordings were good, but we just, they were just, there was something missing from them. Um, it, it drove Derek insane. <laughs> he couldn't stand it. And he was like, you know, he's like, I, we're going to re record these songs. And I'm like, at first, I was like, this is a bad idea, man. We have a chance to put two new songs on this record. We should do it. And uh, he was pretty persistent. The band was pretty persistent. Um, but I'm so glad we did them because. They, they really do take, they sound like new songs completely, you know, to me. Um, and, I, and, and, the, and the people that haven't, are hearing us for the first time, they'll hear them the way they should be. And people who have heard them before will hear how they should be too. And I think they'll appreciate it. You know, it, I, I can you know? back you up on that 100% because I didn't even realize it was the same song from the other ones. And, but while I was listening to this earlier, I was down there painting my freshly drywalled mm-hmm. walls listening to this record and uh and i was like what is this why is this like it sounded familiar but not it didn't sound like the same song that i've already heard you know it's like it's just just like you said yeah dude we we had uh when we went to the studio we went and record that at cerebral studios in um in uh pittsburgh and uh, man i we had such a good time recording with with shane and and the job he did on that record, I couldn't be more happy. I mean, it sounds like we spent a ton of money on that record. You know, we spent a we spent a good <laughs> bit, but not a ton. <laughs> but he made it sound he made it sound super professional. You know, and and you know the guys, the guitarist and the bass player and my drummer, they're all like very particular musicians. They have a very particular sound, and and it was even easy for me to cut my vocals. We weren't doing tons of overlays. We did some, but. You know, a lot of that stuff is just straight vocal, and it was just a great experience and an sound sounding amazing. Yeah, it does. It does. It does sound great, and uh, and it sounds it sounds it sounds slick and professional. And I know sometimes, but not too. You know how sometimes it can be too much, but not too much. It's, it's, it sounds great. Um, 
did when when was it easy to work with all right so you have basically a concept and a story for this album the ronin which i don't think we mentioned it's called the ronin um so you yeah. have a, a concept and story for this was it easy to work those old songs into this or you know did you have to maneuver yeah. a little bit no because it the, all the songs are kind of written in this um open all the songs kind of i feel like are kind of written in this open uh kind of storyline like even uh on the record the song um uh relic of war is not really about a samurai it's actually about a sword and it's written in the sword's perspective like if the sword was telling the gotcha. story and so, so it's it's a lot about uh the ronin particularly is about the Daishi character, but it's, it's also about life too, though. You know, like um, the whole record is kind of written in this open ended kind of chaos that, that it shows us all. It makes you take a look in the mirror or make our society take a look in the mirror. And, and it's kind of what you see back in your reflection and the honest truth of it all. And I think that's what, I think that's what the whole, the Bushido was all about was about self, um, uh, self kind of like policing, you know, oneself and following these rules and living by them and dying by them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's uh, kind of poetic, you know, like these days that, you know, people can get so locked into themselves that they forget that sometimes that it's bigger than just yourself, you know? So, you know, so it's pretty deep. I don't mean to sound like a nerd, <laughs> but that's kind of what it's no. Kind of no, well, it's good because it brings some depth where a lot of me- this type of music doesn't, and uh, I think it's a good it's a good change of pace. I, I I enjoyed reading the lyrics along with the music, which is, you know, it's not something that's that's done too often now, especially with music being uh, mostly consumed digitally. I think even maybe was were one of your EPs or maybe both of them were they only digital releases or is there a physical? Well. Yeah, Volume 1 was uh, originally released on yeah, Fast Break, yeah. and it was only digital at first. Um, and then we uh, we went ahead and um, we pressed copies of it, and then I think uh, then, then Upstate did the second uh, the second EP, and we definitely pressed copies right. of that. So, so what I was going to say is that, so yeah. I, I assume there's going to be, uh, is there a physical copy coming in f- for this one, for the Ronin? Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna release this on uh, CD. Oh nice. Bandwagon. So so and that, that that's because it's like yeah. you know when you have a concept or a story, you know you want to really you at some point you want somebody to ingest the lyrics other than trying to. But you, I gotta give you this you you've got a good enough you've got a good enough uh, enunciation that you don't necessarily need to read the lyrics. It's just gonna take a couple of listens to get the story down. But uh, but yeah. Yeah, we did that. That was uh, that was always kind of my goal because I started off thinking death metal, and you know, I was like, you know, this is cool, but you know, it'd be cool to, at some point to be able to sound aggressive, but be able to understand what I'm saying yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, clearly, yeah. you know. And uh, I've worked really hard on that, so you know, I, I think it came out it just came out really good on this record, especially. Absolutely, this- it, worked, it worked very well, and uh, you know, it's it's something I don't know. So, you you like I I'm sure listening to things for long enough, um, you can pick out we can we've got the ability to pick out words in screams better than most people. Do you know what I mean? Like you can hear you can yeah yeah I still have you can hear something one time and go yeah I still have like my neighbor 
Yeah. Right, exactly. Like my neighbor will listen to it and they'll be like, I don't understand anything you're saying. I'm like, it's pretty damn <laughs> like, <laughs> It's clear as day, Barb. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. there, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, just, but so, <laughs> so, all right. So, so you guys, you guys did this. This seems like it was a, so it's been a well thought out process from the beginning. The whole band has been a well thought out process. The, the, uh, the artwork and everything, but with this past year being what it's been, did, did that affect anything about this record? Did did the timeline, did it expedite it? Did it slow things down? Did it make you uh, apprehensive about releasing a record at this point or what? Well, I mean, all those things came into play. We were definitely apprehensive. Like, why are we going to put this record out? We can't play, you know? um, But I think the, in, in as far as the pandemic affecting the writing of this record, to be honest with you, and unfortunate that the pandemic has tore this world apart pretty much, but in the, as far as writing this record, it really kind of helped us. It forced us sure. to slow down, and it forced us to um, to be more, um, you know, I guess more focused on, on it. Like, you, you know, it's like, okay, well, we can't play shows, we can't do this, we can't do that, so might as well just dig in on this. And the one benefit about being in Bushido Coke with these guys is that everybody has like a job, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't worry about, you know, um, I write my job is to write lyrics and sing on this record. Derek's job is to play guitar. Kyle's job is to play guitar. Everybody like does their job. So when you got everybody pushing in the right direction and everybody digging in at the same amount, it just, that's, you know, I think the product's right there for it, you know, but the pandemic, as far as that went, but it was definitely, taxing to think about putting it out because it's like dude we're gonna put this record out and it's just gonna fizzle we can't do we can't play we can't but then we started thinking man we could do a lot more we shot a video we like you know we're gonna we were gonna we're talking about doing some covers like some of those quarantine covers you know and it's really hard for us because we live you know states away so anytime we even get together to practice it's such a chore you know i gotta fly out there or drive out there and it's, it's a lot but man it's worth it you know I don't know why it's worth it yet. Because you enjoy that, right? After, yeah. After yeah, yeah. If you want to say that, sure. Yeah, well, whatever. see, I, I, I'm wondering for you guys. Uh, was that early on in the pandemic when you were motivated to get this thing done? Is is because I got a theory here. Was that was that early on that that, that made you do it? Well, dude, we had we had already started working. I had the Ronin. It's kind of funny because I had that title picked out like before the dying virtues two was done i had already started working on the blueprint of that full length before we were ever done matter of fact we weren't even done writing the second um virtues record our ep until i was already i was already neck deep into this right this thing just the whole storyline the whole idea and you know it was just like uh you know, I was so committed to it by that point, you know, and then it was like, uh, we were talking about, you know, th- this, this, like, I guess rotted out, put it out, put out yeah. a record, um, called the Ronin. And I was like, Oh, you're <laughs> killing me, dude. You know what I mean? I had this title picked out forever ago and it, it, we were very, we were thinking about changing it for a minute, just out of respect for those guys and, and stuff like that. But I, just would not bend on it they tried and tried i'm like no guys gotta call it the ronin it's it's gotta be this so well there's this called ronin aren't called big difference so it's not exactly the same (laughs) 
<laughs> no, well, honestly, I think sonic, sonically, yeah. you guys are, are different enough. You know, we kind of all we're all in the same realm there, but sonically, it's different enough. And you know, I yeah, I mean, their record it is, is amazing. Their record is amazing too. Yeah, but it it you know, it's not the same. Like that's what we kept on trying to kind of iter- iterate. You know, like we're not a hardcore band. We're we're a metal band. We might be hardcore dudes. We might have hardcore overtones in the uh, in the album, but sure. we're a metal. Yeah, band. no, I totally agree with you that. Know? Well, I'm glad to hear that 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 it worked out this way for you because I feel like a lot of people going into this. It's been a fucking year. I don't know about you, but it's been a it's been a year. It's been a, oh man, I, it's been, March 20th or something is when I started working from home, and uh, I haven't gone back. But my kids haven't gone back to school, you know, for an entire year. But anyway, um, oh dude, it's been it's, <laughs> oh dude, that's so insane. Like the, we were just. Uh, me and my wife, you know, I have a 12 year old yeah. daughter and I mean, it's just the, the, the things that they have to go through today and, and like trying to homeschool and, you know, you don't realize after a year, the, the lack of social interaction. Oh yeah. Them, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's affecting everybody, especially, I think, especially younger kids, they need that, you know? So it's, you're right, man. The world is. Oh, I can say I, I got a, I got a, I got a seven you know? and a fourteen year old, both girls, and uh, yeah, so we're we're seeing that on on both levels. Dude, we're talking about, yeah, wait till they turn twelve. Wait well, one already did. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> oh wait, you said seven, seven and, and fourteen. 12? Oh yeah, seven and fourteen. Okay, I'm sorry. So, oh yeah, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, you got any advice? Dude? Like, should I just lock in the room or like what, what should public. I do here? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <laughs> no man. I love being a dad. They're they're great, but man, it's 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 rough for. Um, I think it's rough for everybody, man. I really do feel for. You know, I've been blessed in the sense that you know I was able to. Uh, I work for the phone company on my regular job, so we've been steady and and. Busy, hey, how do you work for a phone company when nobody uses the phone stuff. anymore? Everybody That's uses. True. Are uh, we working for Comcast? Those devils. <laughs> No, no, I don't work for them. Another devil, yeah. One, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, because I don't want to say who I, I work for, and they're like, "Those guys yeah. suck." You get all kinds of emails. Like, they're horrible. <laughs> you know, don't ever have that guy on there again. You know, but yeah. So I've been pretty blessed there, but man, I I know a lot of people that lost a lot so far. Man, I mean, I've heard people losing their houses, and it's just yeah, 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 for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I can personally say it hasn't. Uh, I haven't been affected too negatively really at all other than socializing, you know, mm. um, otherwise it's been fine. But what, what I was going to get to is that uh, I feel like going into this whole thing a year ago when it was kind of like, who, know, who knows how long mm. this will last? This will be all right. Um, that a lot of artists, a lot of musicians, right. a lot of, you know, what, what, what have you took advantage of it initially. And we're like, all right, this will be time to knock out the things that I wanted to knock out. And then when it just and, and mm. they did that initially, but then as it's drawn on, it's been like, holy shit. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been unemployed before. This is the way I, 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 you know, compare it. I got laid off in 2009 or 2008, whenever, whenever everybody's getting laid off. And when you first get laid off, it's like, all right, well, fuck it. I'll just go out and get another job. And then every week that passed, it's like, I don't even want to look. Like I don't even like I don't I don't even want to like not not because you're not because you're happy to be laid off just because the whole the whole process is so soul crushing. It's like why try if I can't do it, dude? 
is the worst, right? It's like carrying chains every day and the rejection. Like I told, uh, I told somebody when I turned like, I don't know, I was like 35. I was like, I'm done with rejection in my life. I'm just done with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm over rejection. Like anybody, I just cut them off. I just don't <laughs> even want to hear. Well, you know, we have, we have, uh, we have other people we need to look at. No, nah, forget it. I don't want the job. <laughs> yeah. you know? just, I'm no, I quit before it. I was even hired. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, screw it. I don't want it. Screw it. You know, if you don't want me now, you don't want me. You know, it's crazy. But um, no, it's it's definitely true, man. Like it, um, the this whole like you know, I feel bad for like you know, because I'm friends with like Craig and and all the guys from Stick of It All, and I, I think about those guys like, man, you gotta have to go back to work. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like you know, we're used to seeing you guys on tour all the time, and you know, that's what they did for a living, and then now they're just. Right, and, and you know they can't they can't tour that, with using food, them as you know? an example. Like you know they did quarantine videos, they're doing raffles, but I but I but I imagine at some point it's got to be like, all right, well then, fuck, it. like this sucks. Like you know at first it's like, all right, let's be creative, let's let's uh, figure this out. But then after a while, it's just got to be. It's got to be. I mean, because you, you can see, I think you see a lot of bands coming out with records around nowish because it was easy. But now, like, are you guys gonna? Mm-hmm. Are, is Bushido right. Code? Now that you have the Ronin done, but you can't tour, you can't do anything other mm-hmm. than promote it. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you gonna do now? Are you gonna just write another one? Well, I mean, well, that's yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, with you, we're you know, like Derek's already like calling us up. He's like, I got two songs ready. Let's get in there. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, can we just like, enjoy this for like five minutes? Well, you, you, like, got, no, no, you guys also might there, be a yeah. unique case because I don't, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It's going to ask us anyway. Is there ever any intention for Bushido Code to be something that actually goes on tours, or is this just a thing that you guys do when you have time? Oh no, no, no. We're 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 tour. No, no, we're touring. I mean, yeah, you know, we all like you know we all have normal jobs. I mean, Derek's a tattooist and Kyle works and I work, but we we toured a lot right before um the pandemic came down we were i mean it was crazy we were i was we were in canada and i was flying i felt like i was flying every week to nice. go up there and uh go and play a different place so we were we were heavy into it and, and matter of fact we're going to be making an announcement here pretty soon i won't let the cat out of the bag yet but we you'll be seeing us probably on the other side of the ocean here awesome. after this whole pandemic stops yeah so um you know we're we're uh we're definitely trying to like uh Get back out there, man. We 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 miss it so much. Like it's like everybody else, you know. But we we I don't know if we could tour full time, you know, um, unless somebody wants to give us <laughs> yeah, money. Not, it's not going to happen, but I wish but, it would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be nice. But um, or I could win the lottery. That yeah, pump cool. your money into that system. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. lose it all. <laughs> um, but no, we, we um, but we're definitely going to get out there and play as much. And as frequently as possible. Very you know cool. I mean? Well, you mentioned, and we all have pretty cool jobs. So you know, I get like I can take a full month, two months off to a tour. So we we will we'll make we'll play the right yeah. shows. You know, that's the thing. We went out and played a, just any show, but we just got to try to be smarter and, and play the right shows. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Well, the, yeah, you, so. you mentioned uh, possibly going overseas. And uh, something that I think, well, that I see, first of all, you're working with Upstate Records on this one and Blood Blast, right? Is Blood Blast mm-hmm. part of this one? Right. So, yeah. so I know I know Upstate and yeah. Omar and them are, are starting a European uh, leg of, of Upstate and uh, Blood Blast handles a lot of international shit, right? 
Right, yeah, Blood Blast is just uh, uh, is owned by uh, right, Nuclear right, Black. yeah. So yeah, so it's yeah they handle. Hopefully they'll get they'll they're just you know distro the hell out of it in Europe. That's what we're hoping. Right, that's that's got to be a huge you know? a huge benefit. But, yeah, I mean that's really the the I mean that was the uh, you know we were stoked with working with Upstate again, and then when Mario told us about um, and, and Kim and Mario. Oh yeah, that, I know. I talk about them every um, episode when they told us when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're just they're just doing you know they really are but they uh when they told us about the blood blast thing it really lit a fire under us because we we're like you know we want to play metal and here's the premier death metal or metal label i mean testament signed right. to blood blast you know what i mean and they, you know yeah we're we might be on a farm team but you know still got their stamp on it you know what i mean so maybe you know if we want to do something we want to make a difference we want to put it out there this is our chance so we turned it up to ten and 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 did the work. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, sh- it shows. And it's and it's paying off. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. So it, I mean, it's paying off. I mean, people are, you know, there's a little ripple right now. We're hoping it turns into a screen. You know, but we're just starting to promote the record. Mario's done phenomenal about getting us out there, and I I want to thank you for letting us come on here and talk, and uh, you know, tell everybody about the band. You know, it's uh, you know, it's been fun, man. Like just doing these little podcast and 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 you know emo interviews and stuff like that it's been been pretty cool man that's so awesome i prefer you you refer to my podcast as a big podcast though um instead of a little it's the huge the, that's the I big mean, dude yeah dude, yeah huge. <laughs> it's, it's the, the hugest dude, podcast it's pretty big ever. you know uh the dep- planet it depends on your perspective but, exactly, there you go the titan of all it's podcasts. i got yeah yeah all right don't go you're going overboard but i appreciate it you know i appreciate the enthusiasm well i mean i don't know where you all want right, me to well, drive it I, and i was trying to like drive it where you want I, me to well, drive you know just it's realistic but all right i appreciate it though <laughs> so so no, no i was actually just listening to your uh, i was just listening to your podcast today about uh, with the um uh the guys from uh the last one you just did and I didn't know that he played in um, oh, Dog Dog. Like he was in that. No, I didn't. Yeah, not know was, that. that was his whole jam. And then I, I watched the video. Yeah, I watched the video today. Uh, Kings Never Die, and I was like, "Oh, that's it. <laughs> that is him." But he, you know, it's it's pretty cool. I he was probably he probably was much cuter back then, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're all much cuter back then. I don't know, man. I was like but I was like twelve back then, so you can't say that I was cuter back then. Yeah, dude, I love that record. That's a classic. That that yeah, doggy yeah. dog record, oh, so good, dude. Well, all right, we, so we, we did them last episode, so let's talk about uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about okay. the Ronin and uh, and and I I know the answer to this, but I want you to talk about it anyway. Who did the album artwork for this? Okay. Well, Derek, Derek, Derek drew it up. Um, you know, we, when we did the first two records, Chris Smith. Um, did the, the graphics he's out of pittsburgh and, and he's great um and matter of fact he put all the cover together for us but the whole time you know derek is uh derek ricci is he's a great tattooist and he has this like really unique metal style of of tattooing if you ever go check his stuff out it's very reminiscent of the old puss yeah, stuff yeah. from metallica you know it's very reminiscent of that and uh he has his own unique style to it man but you know derek is is also you know the dad and, and he's writing this music and he tattoos so 
getting that dude to do something is hard sometimes, <laughs> you know. And he's not really like the kind of guy you go like, "You're gonna do this," you know, because he was yeah, he's a uh, face, you know. You really beat you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll definitely beat you up. So, um, but he was like, "No, I'm gonna do the cover. I'm gonna do the cover." And then finally, when he did it, you know, he, he we saw and we're like, "Oh, we should have just done this the whole time." And then uh, when he came to the, we wanted to change the logo for the band, and uh, you know. Derek reached out to Big Meese, you know, who's like, you know, the, the number one lettering guy out there, one of the top lettering guys out there, yeah. in my opinion, the number one guy in tattooing. And, and he sent us back a logo in like, you know, like a day. And we we're like, yeah, well, that, that solves that. That's, that's killer. <laughs> and then we gave it all to Chris Smith and he put it together. And man, we, uh, to, to say we're excited about this, just the cover would be an understatement, man. We just love how this thing came out. It just looks great, you know. It's gonna look great on a shirt. That's for it's gonna sure. look great on a record. That's that's the way I see it. Yeah, but it, but yeah. it looks but it looks awesome. And uh, yeah, and, and I know he, I've seen his other stuff that he's done. You know, one time uh, his little Derek story that he doesn't remember. I'm sure, and there's no reason he would. One time, um, <laughs> Derek and most of strength for reason and some of wisdom and chains maybe spent the night at my mom's house with me. And uh, they were playing like Harrisburg, and then, and then <laughs> we were going to Baltimore the next day. And in the morning, uh, right. I had to drive him to Walmart so he could buy some uh, tall tees, some white tall tees. <laughs> and so I did. Did he like? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you were like, yeah, yeah, what was I going to say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, dude, dude, it's so funny because people always like. Is that like a normal size guitar <laughs> that he's playing, or is it like a kid's guitar? I'm like, no, man, it's like a normal size guitar. Dude. It's getting less poly. He's just a big dude, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> I'm going to have to remind him about that. He's like, why did you make that dude drive you to get t shirts, bro? Like, come on, man. I, I, I don't remember exactly how it went, but I just I remember going to Walmart the next morning with him and Chris, maybe. But yeah, but, but yeah, um, hilarious. Dude. But all right, so so all right, we've we've gone on for a little while here. We got to wrap this up sooner, else people won't listen because they got short attention sure. spans. Um, so yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, they're saying stupid stories that? that nobody else gives a shit about. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, one real basic. But I think the most important part of, of doing a band and doing anything, mm-hmm. what for you is the most fun about being in Bushido Code? You know, dude, honestly, it's those times in the van. You know what I mean? Or those times it shows. You know, like when you get just get to meet new people. I remember this one time we were in Canada. We played Canada, Montreal. And uh, we were just all outside talking to the, it was like us and brick by brick and uh, those guys are nuts, but you know, it's just, you're hanging outside and you're telling old war stories and you're just having a good time and you're meeting young kids that are coming out to the shows and then you're seeing their faces and they, they're listening to these stories and they're like, just got these eyes that are just wide open and they're like, you know, they don't know to be scared or intrigued, you know, by just some of the crazy antics that you've yeah. done throughout the years and, and and no matter how many times you tell these stories they're still as funny as they were the first day that that it happened you know and for me that's always been what it's about that and that music really did something in my life to change my life it, it saved me at one point in my life 
And I always think about that kid that was like me, that was, you know, didn't have a place to go, didn't have a place to live, stuff like that. And that kid's always in the back of my mind. And I was like, you know, maybe that kid's at this show or maybe that kid's pick, picking up this record tonight or listening to us on a download or listen to this podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that always just drives me and um, just keeps me excited about doing it. You know yeah. I mean? and that's... Does that sound No, so it weird? sounds... Like this sounds perfect. This sounds that sounds like a like, it sounds like a real answer, you know. It's, yeah, like I, I don't want people to be like this guy is not real. like he wrote that down. <laughs> like, no, they God. see your picture the and they'll know you can't read. Yeah, exactly. I can't, dude. I, believe it, believe it or not, I cannot. That's, really, honestly. And Mario always corrects my spelling all the time. I'm like every time interview I do, I have to like send him. A copy like, dude, do you not use punctuation, Sam? Like, what is going on? Yeah. No, yeah. man. Mostly talk to text. <laughs> That's all you need now. All right, we're we're getting dumber by the day, and it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but Mike, thank you so much for for having this conversation with me. I've had a great time. Uh, the new record oh, is awesome. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, Dan, I really appreciate you having us on here, man. And you know, I really uh, I'd love to come back sometime, man. If you don't totally get totally burnt on this thing and people hate it but we love to come back and talk to you yeah anytime time. man i really appreciate the door it. is always all open all right, all right thanks, thanks mike a lot, later. appreciate it Bye. all right later <laughs> Another.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Mike Ledette of Bushido Code. The Ronin comes out in April. I forget the date exactly, but you can look that up yourself. Uh, it'll be out there on Upstate Records, Blood Blast Distribution, and uh, I'm sure it'll be available wherever you want it. Keep an eye out for that. Keep an ear out for that. That's probably more appropriate. Anyway, I want to, th- I want to thank Mike and uh, Mario at Upstate for uh, putting that together and doing this thing as they always do so well. Um, what else? What else do I need to tell you? Oh, that song that just that just played, that was Honesty. That is not off of the upcoming record, um, but, you know, it's a good song nonetheless. So another taste of Bushido Code there to end this one. Um, I want to remind you that you can go to the patreon.com slash getting it out podcast and sign up to be a patreon subscriber i just dropped a new episode of getting it out radio exclusively available to patreon subscribers uh i appreciate those who are already signed up and i appreciate you if you even consider it but i appreciate you a whole lot more if you really do sign up because you will temporarily become my best friend if loyalty isn't your thing you can go follow getting it out podcast on instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast or go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. There's a Twitter, at gettingitoutpod, but good luck finding anything there. And um, I think that might be it for this one. So I'm going to end this with a... What the hell did that cat just do? I'm going to end this... <laughs> cat interruption. I don't know what he did. I'm going to end this with a song from Spirit World. If you only recently became familiar with Spirit World and their album Pagan Rhythms. Well, congratulations. It's fantastic. But there's a whole other side of Spirit World that uh, those of us who have been around since day one know and cherish equally. Spirit World is a band of many sounds, and this one is one of them. This song is called Viper Blood, and it's awesome and unique, and it's everything that I love about Spirit World and Stu Folsom himself. So check this one out. This one is called Viper Blood by Spirit World. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.